With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Player Profiler and our podcast network is super resource intensive and we rely on premium subscriptions to the website playerprofiler.com to keep the engine running. Go there, sign up for our player rankings, Dynasty Deluxe, DFS package, or go all in. Those that subscribe are everything to us. Welcome back to The Dominator, folks. I am your host, Billy Musio. With me tonight, I got Jax Falcone, a.k.a. Scott Belanger. He is the host of The Undroppables over at The Undrafted. He is a ranker, a shit talker, and just one of my favorite people on the internet. Welcome to the podcast tonight, Jax. I'm excited to have you on and talk to Dynasty. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me and uh, my, uh, my maiden voyage on The Dominator. So pretty excited about it, actually. Pretty good show. I listen to it all the time. Yeah, we kicked this thing off last year, Matt and I together. We have this rotating uh, schedule where he's one week, I get a guest one week. He's on one week, we get a guest one week. It works out. It's nice. We get some fresh faces. We get some familiar faces. We talk football. Either way, it's a good time. Uh, Tonight, we have a special treat for folks. Uh, We're going to be kind of kicking off the Dynasty Week here over at Player Profiler. Uh, Just like Shark Week, it is Dynasty Week, and I am excited to talk Dynasty buys, Dynasty sells, and, of course, a deep, 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 deep sleeper pick for our Dynasty teams, and that can be any position. But first, a word from our sponsors. Let's take a moment to talk about Underdog Fantasy. Now, many of you have already signed up. Thousands have signed up from Player Profile already over the years. Underdog has supported us since 2020. Much of what you see on Player Profiler is because of Underdog, because of their support. Get the Underdog app, plug in that promo code UNDERWORLD. I used to play Underdog just for the best ball drafts. I mean, the best ball drafts are amazing. These draft rooms fill so quickly, and you can win life-changing money. You want to take advantage of all the sleepers we talk about on this show? Well... What better place than in an underdog draft room to do that? And I recommend taking your underdog play to the next level by diving into their NFL pickums. It's important to correlate those NFL pickums. You can pick both the quarterbacks and the wide receivers to exceed expectations. Correlate them and you can 5x your payout. Bada bing, bada boom. Underdog Fantasy, the promo code is Underworld. For an instant deposit match up to $100, underdog is the truest friend of the underworld. 
dynasty buys. We're going to go positional, quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end. Kick it off, Jax, with your favorite dynasty buy at quarterback. Yeah, it's a uh, it's pretty interesting because I just did a startup with actually Theo's in the league, Matt Kelly, um, you know, Alan Soslowski's in the league. So, you know, a couple of your boys are in there and it's, you know, mid mid high stakes, I guess. Um, you know, there's some sharp, sharp people in the league. Um, so I actually was able to draft Mac Jones at the quarterback 32. I don't remember exactly what pick, but. You know, Mac Jones really being slept on, I think, at this particular point uh, on keep trade cut. He's quarterback 27, as I mentioned in that in that league. I just got him at quarterback 32. Mac Jones, you know, career uh, completion percentage 67 percent. You know, he he uh, he really saw his efficiency kind of drop last year, but his weapons were terrible and uh, he had no offensive coordinator. So he's a former first round pick elite prospect was absolutely dominant at Alabama. He's still young. They bring in Bill O'Brien. I think they're going to reinvest in him. He's got a, a you know a season to go. And a lot of people will say, well, maybe he's not very good. And who knows? He could wash out this year. And I would say absolutely. That's, that's very, very true. It's definitely possible, although I do think he'd get another shot somewhere else, even if uh, New England moved on from him. But he's still being drafted after the likes of Desmond Ritter, Sam Howell, and uh, Jordan Love and others, Matt, even Matt Stafford. You know, plenty of guys who are also pretty fragile uh, dynasty commodities. So I think, uh, you know, bet on the bet on the profile, bet on the talent and definitely snap up Mac Jones and Superflex drafts late. I like that. You know, we look at this offense and what they're probably looking to do here. They still don't fully trust him. Right. I feel like so they're going to maybe protect him inside the pocket, be it, not let him air the ball out. Probably look at more of the short intermediate passes going to boost up his completion percentage, boost up his confidence. And you know what that means is that that just means that at least in the near future, that my boy Ramondre Stevenson is going to be the beneficiary of all of that. Uh, and and we'd like to see that inside the passing game for at least Ramondre Stevenson. But I love um, that for a, a, a dynasty pick for you. My first one, and this is, I'm going to take it back. I'm going to be a little bit of a homer here, and I'm going to say Brock Purdy. I think this is the last chance for you to get him inside Dynasty, yep. uh, especially if he is able to start this 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 season in week one. We look at what he did over the, the consistency throughout the six games that he started last year for the Niners, and we take a look at those. Let's just focus on weeks 13 through 18 and that performance that he had during that six-game period, pretty through for a total of 1,200 yards, 68% completion rate. Uh, he averaged 201 Point three receiving yards, so not a lot, but he did throw 13 passing touchdowns and only four interceptions. He had a pass rating during that period of 102.2. The most the most impressive part about it was, one, the completion percentage. He had a 69.8% completion percentage rate, which placed him among other elite quarterbacks in the league like Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo actually made this list, and Patrick Mahomes. Furthermore, he had a... Number two rank in yards per attempt with impressive 8.3. And this just talks about his ability to get his playmakers the ball. That's all that the Niners need was somebody to get the ball out of their hands, get it into playmakers' hands, and let them run that West Coast offense is what Purdy did well. I don't care if he's a system quarterback. He ran that system very well. Touchdown rate, 7.6%. He led every single qualified quarterback in this category. Finished a full percent, so 1.3% higher than Patrick Mahomes. 1.5% higher than Josh Allen, 
nearly 2% higher than Joe Burrow and nearly 2% higher than Dak Prescott. <clears throat> the stats can, are, are just continue. He had an impressive under pressure rate inside the red zone, finished number two in pressure completion percentage at 55.8%, only behind Justin Herbert at 57.1%, and just overall number seven in true passer rating. So we look at this and say, yes, small sample size, but we know the Niners quarterback, whoever it is going to be, whether it's Purdy, possibly Trey Lance, we're looking at possibly Darnold this year. If we can land that in a dynasty perspective, as cheap as these are going right now, we are setting ourselves up for success in the immediate future. And I think that Brock Purdy wins that job. And I think that he is going to be the Niners quarterback for the foreseeable future. I, I totally agree. And you know, what's interesting is he went uh, quarterback 30 in, in that, in that draft that I'm talking about. And just to give you an idea, like, both Mac Jones and Brock Purdy went after the likes of now this draft started before some of the Jimmy G news, but Jimmy G, Sam Howell, Jordan Love, uh, Will Levis, Kenny Pickett, right? Even Trey Lance, right? You know, all these guys went ahead of both Mac Jones and Brock Purdy. And for me, I'm taking all, all you know, those two guys ahead of, I think, all of those guys I just mentioned. Um, you know, so, you know, Will Levis, second round pick who might get a chance, you know, who knows? So, yeah, there, there's definitely some value in both Brock Purdy and Mac Jones. I, again, I think maybe the ceiling's a little bit higher for Brock Purdy, but he's also going before Mac Jones. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know if that's necessarily true, but it feels true just because of the offense, right? Yeah, it, you got to love the high-powered West Coast offense, the Shanahan yeah. system, right? It, it's it's just a goldmine if you're able to hit. And that's yeah. the big question, if you can hit. And we saw it hit last year, small sample size, but we expect the same to return. As long as he's healthy, it all depends on that elbow and when he starts. Well, let's yeah. move on to the running back position. Give me your dynasty buy at the running back position. I mean, at this particular point, I am loving me some Miles Sanders. Uh, Miles Sanders right now, running back 20, keep trade cut. Uh, again, in this league uh, that I'm mentioning, I'm just going to keep mentioning it just because I think it's kind of interesting because uh, sometimes keep trade cut can be one thing. And I know one sample size of our league is not everything, but it does kind of show whether people are fading him a bit and they faded him all the way to RB 28 um, wow. in dynasty. I think that's fantastic value. So anywhere in RB 20 to in the twenties, I think for miles Sanders is great. He's buoyed to uh, uh, you know, opportunity by that contract uh, pretty good offensive line. Uh, he's five yards per carry for his career. You know, some may say that was tied to uh, Jalen hurts, which is fair, but he kind of been that the whole, the whole time. I mean, he was explosive as a rookie, uh, the pass catching sort of fell under Hertz, but he's got a uh, a non-running quarterback. I won't go so far as to call him not mobile, but he's certainly not going to run for it. And in his rookie year, Miles Sanders, 50 receptions and 50, excuse me, 50 receptions and over 500 yards receiving. I don't know if we're going to see that again, but my goodness, uh, explosive player out in space with more targets to come, 26 years old, buoyed to a contract. Give me Miles Sanders at cost. I like Miles Sanders. And do you think that he has the ability to regain form in the passing game like we saw in his rookie campaign? Yeah. I mean, that's the, that's the, I think that's the upside. I mean, you know, two years ago, he was pretty good in that Philly offense and had zero touchdowns. And those of us, Billy, I know you and me work together on this thing. Touchdown variance is crazy. And then he goes for 11 rushing touchdowns last year. You know, I, I, I wish I would have bet even stronger on Miles Sanders last year because that was the year to really, really buy in because he was so, so cheap. Uh, but even still being faded a little bit uh, by the community. So, yeah, I do think he can get those receptions because of the difference in the offense. And, you know, 
Bryce Young certainly more likely, way more likely to check it down than Jalen Hurts. Yeah, I've always liked Miles Sanders. I was higher than most on him last year. I owned him a decent amount. Uh, it definitely was one of his best fantasy performances. That's, you know, it's the only difference I think is going from the Philadelphia line and the pace of play into the Carolina offense. But it might be a good thing for him for fantasy perspective because, like you yeah. said, to your point, he might be utilized more in the passing game, which is what we want to see from him, especially if we're going to get some more value from him. Yeah, uh, I'm going to list mine. Huge. Would you mind reading me off if you have it in front of you? If you don't have it in front of you, you could just say so. Yeah. Where he's at inside your tr- keep trade cut so we can keep it consistent. But yeah. mine is David Montgomery. And yeah. he just Go ahead, signed. Let me look for it real quick. Yeah, I'll stall for you. He's, yeah. he, just signed, he just signed a three-year $18 million contract. He gets one of the best lines in football. He's going to come in. He's not going to have to do it all himself, which is going to be a relief for David Montgomery. And when he has been on the field, he has actually been pretty damn pretty damn efficient, honestly. I mean, he has the ability to catch the ball and run the ball between the tackles. Last year, we only saw 801 rushing yards, but he did have a 4.0 yards per carry. He did have 34 receptions last year, adding another 300 yards through the air. So he had 1,100 total, total yards. He was RB27 points per game last year, RB12 the year before that, RB6 the year before that. Six touchdowns last year, seven the year before, 10 and seven. So we could pretty much put him at seven again this year. I like the landing spot, at least for the next three years for Dynasty. I think people are so high on Gibbs right now that you can acquire David Montgomery for pretty cheap. And we know what the upside is. We saw Jamal Williams last year in this role. And I'm not, I don't expect him to have that type of touchdown rate, but it just shows you what is possible in this offense for the goal line back, for the short yardage back. And I think that back is David Montgomery. I love Jameer Gibbs. I think he's going to be utilized a lot. He's I, I have him higher in my seasonal rankings as well as my dynasty rankings. But I'm always about trying to find a nice piece that's a reasonably priced that I can get maybe pretty cheap that's going to give me some good return in year one and in the next year or two. And I think that's going to be David Montgomery here. Yeah, that's that's a good call. By the way, um, you know, in keep trade cut, again, Miles Sanders is RB20. David Montgomery, RB32, so a very, very big difference in in value. However, in our draft, uh, David Montgomery went one pick ahead of of Miles Sanders at RB27 instead of RB28 for Miles Sanders. So you'll see that the the currency in different leagues is going to vary. And, you know, whether or not that was a good pick or not, you know, it was Alan Soslowski, so it probably wasn't. Um, Boom, (laughs) gotcha. Um, But, but yeah, I I think you're right. I mean, the touchdown upside is there. You know, Miles Sanders, David Montgomery in that same draft class. So still both 26 years old and, you know, both get that contract. So, you know, I think, uh, you know, I would I would take Sanders ahead of Montgomery. Would you? I would take Sanders ahead of Montgomery. Yeah. Just because we're looking at like a long term value here. And he's, in my opinion, a better prospect. Um, By the by the way, another sneaky, um, you know, sleeper there is probably Chuba Hubbard, uh, who I think, you know, when when you did your projections for Carolina, I'm sure that Chuba probably was surprisingly involved, right? He was, actually. It was a lot higher than I anticipated to be on him just yep. because there's not a lot of mouths to feed in this backfield. Uh, and we, he was, again, efficient last year. He has the ability yep. to catch the ball, ability to run the ball. And so it's – it's and we all know that to, like Deuce Staley is now the running back coach over there who comes over from Detroit. And we know yep. that he likes to utilize two backs as well. So and, I, and, Chuba, and Chuba's young, so he's projecting up, not down. So, you know, when you do that, and then you see a little bit more uh, opportunity, you know, space in Carolina and maybe an uptick in offense. Yeah, I did. I found the same thing when I did Carolina. So Chuba Hubbard, a little sneaky stash there, too. 
Sneaky stash. And back to the the pick that Alan Alan made. Um, we just want to repeat that, Alan. It was a bad pick because it was you, and we want to throw this back out there. Amen to that yes. shit. I found that I found that uh that sound bite like a couple weeks ago live on the air, and I've been that playing wasn't. it every every single time now. Amen to that shit. Um <laughs> let's, move on to, let's move on to wide receiver. Uh, give me your 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 favorite dynasty buy at the wide receiver position. You, you know it's funny. I had written this and I sent it to you, and I sent um, I sent uh uh Chris Godwin, but you know I'm gonna I'm gonna take the younger version of Chris Godwin in that San Francisco offense and and say Brandon Ayuk. Brandon Ayuk, mm-hmm. 25 years old. Uh, I, I really like that. I mean, when I was thinking about buy, I don't think Chris Godwin's necessarily a bad buy, but 27 years old, a little bit closer to that AJ Pex and maybe starting to, to time out a little bit. That offense could be trouble, but Brandon Ayuk, 25 years old. He's wide receiver 21 in keep trade cut. He was wide receiver 27 in the uh, in the draft we did. Uh, Matt Harmon just recently did a uh, under 26-year-old wide receiver ranking, <clears throat> and he had, uh, you know, of course, Jefferson and Chase, then CD, then Devontae Smith, and then Brandon Ayuk. Brandon Ayuk was fifth on that list in terms of all he was doing was saying who's the best wide receiver. Um, so he had him ahead of the likes of Waddle, etc. So he really likes Brandon Ayuk, obviously a, a very successful wide receiver on a per route basis. Um, the last two years, San Francisco has thrown the ball 514 and 512 times. Gosh, you know, under Kyle Shanahan, they have hit numbers of 530, 570, and 600 in the past few seasons. So if they can just get that number up over 550, um, the target share for Brandon Ayuk could spell an actual you know really strong finish still 25 years old i love him to be a wide receiver too this year so definitely a buy in my books and certainly has a number of years left to produce and like you said match up with brock purdy and make it happen he had the sneakiest 1000 yards last year like i don't think i bet you if you like polled 100 fantasy football players i bet you 50 percent didn't know he had a thousand yards right it's it was just it was that sneaky like when i was like get all my stuff though (laughs) they wouldn't take the thing honest they'd look then i knew that yeah totally like when i was doing like projections and looking at numbers and 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 working everything into the algorithm and i'm sitting there and i'm like get a thousand yards like yeah and i'm a niner fan right i was just shocked to see it like because there was just weeks where he just wasn't all that involved right and and it just but i i like him as a talent i honestly thought they were going to move on from him and then and then you know we have that a little bit of contract extension here. And so I'm, I'm excited to see what he's able to do inside this offense. I really didn't think he was going to stick around, but it looks like he's here to stay. So love, love Brandon. Ayuk. I think he's the better receiver of the two in San Francisco. Um, yes. I think Debo's the better weapon, but there is a difference yeah. there. Right. And, yes. but in terms of receiver, I think that Brandon, Ayuk is the better receiver. Yes. Um, the wide receiver that i am going to pick today for my my buy and again if you could take a look at your your little handy dandy sheet over there uh is going to be deontay johnson and i don't think this would even be possible at least if you were to do this last year he was so much more expensive than he is this year and it's because he had that zero touchdown season last year Uh, he still though in my opinion is still going to be a back end wide receiver two, maybe high-end wide receiver three, but it simply is due to the amount of targets that we're going to see in this offense. And not just this year, but next year, the year after. We expect Kenny Pickett to get better and better. We expect the Steelers 
to continue to invest in offensive line. They spent three picks this year on offensive line, if you include their tight end pick, because he's, in my opinion, a blocking tight end. But we've seen in the last three years, 144 targets, 169 targets, 147 targets, 88 88 receptions in 2020, 107 receptions in 2021, 86 receptions last year in 2022. Yards, only 882 last year, 923 in 2020, 1161 in 2021. Air yards, again, very you know, telling of a receiver's possible success in the league. 1,555 air yards last year. So he just wasn't able to connect on on some of these these plays. But the big kicker and the reason why you're going to be able to get him for cheaper is the zero touchdowns last year. Eight in 2021, seven in 2020, five in 2019. I will put money on it today that Deontay Johnson will have more touchdowns than he had last year. There's yeah. no possible way that he's at the zero Miles again. Sanders from last year. Exactly. Yes. And if he were to just simply have four or three touchdowns, I think Deontay Johnson is still being drafted, would still be being drafted as like a top 24, top 20 receiver. Yeah. But because of the zero and because of the bad taste in people's mouths, he's been sliding down boards, not only in redraft, but in dynasty as well. And yeah. I think it's gone too far. When you look at the total target share that he's going to be receiving again here in 2023 and in the future, I got to love it. Yeah, you can't buy targets any cheaper than you can do so with Deontay Johnson. Oh, I like that. Right? You can't. There's no targets in the league cheaper than the Deontay Johnson targets right now. And so a lot of times when I'm doing a startup draft, a lot of times, you know, Chalk and I will talk it out and we're like, you know, sometimes you're just like, who's the guy on the board? that projects for the most targets because we want target, whether it's running back wide receiver, like where are the targets? And so you just continue to try and find targets and Deontay Johnson's right now are super, super cheap. So I love Deontay Johnson at cost right now. He uh, was wide receiver 37 and 36 in the, uh, in the keep trade cut and in our draft, he went uh, just after George Pickens. Uh, Would you take him over George Pickens? I would hundred percent take him over Pickens. Yeah, I, I think taking he's going to be 27 is maybe the only little not red flag, but, you know, just yeah. people probably don't know that they probably think he's younger, but um, he's yeah just about to turn 27. Eh, no big deal. Yeah, I, I still he's 27. You still got a couple good years in the tank, especially at that at that cost, because same thing with, you know, Godwin. Godwin's like wide receiver 32. It was another one I tried to, you know, I thought about putting up there and it's like, all right, well, you know, I don't love buying older players. I'd rather look for a younger guy with some value, and that's why I switched from Godwin to Ayuk. But, you know, those mm. are the types of guys. You're just trying to buy targets, and that's the other thing with Godwin is you're buying more targets. You know, Godwin was another guy. He's averaging almost nine targets per start in the last four years, basically since he started, nine targets, and uh, he's nine yards per target. So that's 1,300 yards, 150 targets. Uh, I'm not saying he's going to get there, but – that's kind of what he is, and if he plays, that's you can reasonably expect that. So that'd be really, really strong, and at his ADP, that's huge. Same thing with Deontay Johnson, and you laid it out. Awesome. Give me your tight end. Oh, man. Tight end is uh, Trey McBride. Uh, Trey McBride right now, <clears throat> excuse me, you know, Trey McBride was the you know tight end one in last year's rookie class, right? I mean, he was clearly the tight end one in, 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 in rookies, rookie, rookie drafts last year. He has one of the best college dominators at the tight end position of all time. He was one of the best college producers ever. He was athletic. He's big. And it's not like he did anything wrong. He was playing behind Zach Ertz as a rookie. Zach Ertz gets hurt. And after Zach Ertz got hurt, not in the game he got hurt, because obviously McBride got thrown in there, but 
seven games to finish it off. He averaged five targets in those games. So he had 35 targets over the last seven games. You know, that's a, extrapolates to 85 targets. I don't know if he's going to get 85 targets, but you could reasonably assume he might, and he could be more than that. Now, those targets may not be very, very valuable this year in that offense, but at wide, excuse me, tight end 18 on keep trade cut. This is dynasty too. I don't even get this. And tight end 19, he went in our draft. I mean, just malpractice to let him fall that far. Um, you know, he he was on the board when I took Chig, and I thought about taking both of them. You know, I never got that chance to take McBride after that, but boy, oh boy. I mean, those two guys right there. I mean, but t- Trey McBride is an absolute buy at this point, just an absolute steal in your uh, dynasty draft. Yeah, and you got to think there's also, at least in the immediate future, 22, 23% of the target share that's available for this team, except for grabs after the the DeAndre Hopkins news of him being released. Uh, yep. You have the likes of like Rondell Moore, who I'm high on, but we have to admit has injury concerns. You have somebody like Ertz there this year who's coming off an injury. You have Marquise Brown, who has injury issues as well. Uh, he could potentially slide into a pretty massive target share in the immediate yeah. future and then maintain that role going into 2024 and we could be potentially looking at somebody there's always that tight end that just surprises adp and jumps into like the tight end one category the following year and i could see that being trey mcbride absolutely and and you got to think if if zach Ertz does make it all the way back from double ligament surgery which at 32 33 years old is sounds like a tall tale to begin with but if he does make it all the way back uh it would stand a reason that um arizona would trade him Oh, I made place. that comment today on the pod. You did? I did. Bingo. Great minds. <laughs> it yeah, would stand I, a reason they would trade him. I mean, both for him and for the organization, they don't want him blocking Trey McBride. They don't yep. want him on their squad. He's a winning player. He doesn't want to be there. Like everything about that relationship would just say, hey, let's just get you someplace. We'll help you get healthy down here in the desert and then let you go someplace and try and win. Yeah, especially because it would just be a one-year eat on the contract. And then they're free of it next year. So there's a big out next year. And I could see them, if they could get some sort of value for him, like for a team that has the need, that's going to need a tight end down the stretch that they know is they're just like the missing piece, uh, it's definitely feasible. And I I mentioned that earlier in a podcast today, and it's so, so I I love to hear that because it just randomly came to me today that that could happen. Mine and I don't normally do this. I don't normally pick rookies when I'm when I'm when I'm doing these these buy targets because usually rookies they're inflated in price right now. Just got off the draft. They just picked draft from their rookie draft. The team the the fantasy manager is high on the player. That being said, this player is going a little bit lower inside of 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 rookie drafts. He is not necessarily going to be the immediate starter in the offense. There's other target competition from the wide receivers, um, but at the position itself, not a lot of competition for the tight end himself, and that's Luke Schoonmaker for Dallas now. Comes mm-hmm. in from Michigan. They took him at pick 227 inside the 2023 class draft. Uh, he has all the metrics to be successful in this league, right? 40-yard dash, 4.63, which is 85th percentile. He's got an 88th percentile speed score. He's got 88th percentile burst score. He's got a 94th percentile agility score and a 90th percentile catch radius we saw what Dalton Schultz was able to do in this offense and the role that he was able to carve out we know Dak likes to target the tight end yes they brought in Brandon Cooks they still have Gallup so they don't need him right away in 2023 but we all know that rookie tight ends take a little bit of time to develop they they need to learn the blocking schemes they need to learn the routes 
as that's going to ramp up, I think we can start to see Luke Shoemaker becoming more and more and more involved as the season progresses. And as we get down the stretch, we're probably looking at him as the starter because all he has to do right now is beat up Jake Ferguson. And that's to me is, is going to be a fairly easy task for the type of talent that Luke Shoemaker has. Yeah, I, I like that. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to do something fun. You'll love this. There's three tight ends going right around each other. One of them, Luke Shoemaker, and they're all the same age. Are you ready for this? Yeah, read it off for me. Luke Shoemaker, Jelani Woods, and Ooh, Irv like Smith. Oh, I like I like those all. They're Irv all is- the same age. Isn't it crazy that Irv Smith Jr. is the same exact age as Luke Shoemaker? God, I had so high, I had such high hopes for Irv Smith. Is that crazy. I mean, I don't. I, I I think I'd take Shoemaker ahead of Irv Smith at this particular point. I, yeah, I would too. Jelani, I mean, Jelani's Jelani's close. I'd probably take Jelani. Me too. Yeah, I agree. I think I'd go Jelani, Shoemaker, Irv. But isn't that crazy? You know, so Luke Shoemaker is uh, tight end 23 on keep trade cut right now. So certainly, a, a, you know, an arising uh, player. The cool thing, I think, with Luke Shoemaker, I think, I think you'll know fairly soon whether or not he's got anything because you'd think they'd going to give him a, a shot. You know, they know he's 20, almost 25 years old. So, you know, they, they, they must think they're drafting a contributor right away, at least to some degree. Yeah, Jelani was just a freak athlete. I mean, six I seven, two hundred fifty pounds. Yeah, I'm pretty high on him this year. I think he actually takes a big. Step you want to change forward. your answer? I do. I kind of yes. Can I? <laughs> well, not 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 my final answer on Luke Shoemaker. Yeah. yeah I, no, I thought it's about. Hard. Using, I mean, yeah. I thought about using Jelani Woods, but I thought that he was already being drafted too high inside of redraft. I didn't think it was going to be like that big of a sleeper in dynasty, where like Luke Shoemaker hasn't yet played in the league, and they could probably sneak him by a little easier. Get them both. Fuck what about what about Jake Ferguson, who actually goes way behind Shoemaker at tight end 33 and is actually three months younger? I'm not a big Jake Ferguson guy. I, Me I neither, think, but I mean, isn't it possible that he's the starter? I, I think he is the starter to at least start the season. I think you know? Shoemaker, it, I think Shoemaker yeah. is going to have to overtake the role. I think he does do it, or yeah. else they wouldn't have gone out and spent a second-round pick on a tight end if they believed otherwise. And yeah, so, I, I'm with you. But yeah, I think that Ferguson probably starts the season as the tight end, but I think that Shoemaker eventually wins it out. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about our favorite cells. And you have a name on here. I can't mm. wait to get to, because I want to see people freak out. We're not going to get there yet. He's the next position. So let's start at quarterback. What is your biggest quarterback cell? <laughs> I mean, for the brand, I'm going to have to say Jordan love, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, um, <clears throat> you know, like for instance, in, in our big, uh, in our big game uh, that we're doing, let me see here. Let me find Jordan Love. He went quarterback 30. So it's like, okay, so, you know, not exactly, you know, that high. I mean, he went just before the Brock Purdy and Mac Jones picks, you know, so a little bit later. But on keep trade cut, he's quarterback 17. So for those of you listening, some of your leagues are going to have Jordan Love lovers. There's going to be someone in that league that's like, you know, just a big, big fan and thinks that he's the sort of the next one. He's the Aaron Rodgers to the Brett Favre. He's the sort of heir apparent that didn't get his shot. Um, But really what he is, is he may not be good. I'm not sure. I'm just going to ask the question. Are we sure he's any good at all? In college, he had a 7.6 yards per attempt. In college, 7.6 yards per attempt. In college, he had a 61% completion percentage. In college, he threw basically two-to-one touchdown interceptions, 60 to 29 he had a 2.6% interception rate in college, and he's not a rusher. He only had 400 yards in his rushing career in college. You know, in the NFL, it hasn't been any better. 
you know, we look back at last year and some people are taking that small sample of that one game that he played pretty good. And I guess he did, but it was garbage time. Uh, But for his NFL career, 60% completion percentage, three touchdowns, three interceptions, a 3.6% interception rate and 7.3 yards per attempt all the while, including that sort of great game he played. So he hasn't been very good in the NFL, wasn't all that good in in college either. And ultimately, you know, when you see him play, he does have a pretty good arm. I mean, for sure, you know, he's got good zip on it. and He looked really good in that game. But ultimately, I think over the long haul, I think he's going to be flushed out of the league. That's just my opinion. Now, granted, you can say that about a lot of the guys going in and around, you know, quarterback 30 but not a, a quarterback 17. So if you're getting that type of value, if you could trade back and get Brock Purdy or Mac Jones plus for Jordan Love, push the button. I'm on the fence here. I don't I, I haven't decided what he to think about Jordan Love be. yet. Probably I don't I don't think he's like when people say he's the next heir to Brett Favre and, and Aaron Rodgers, I'm like GTFO. Like yeah. they got <laughs> they got lucky with the first heir, right? And right. It's very rarely do you go Hall of Fame quarterback to Hall of Fame quarterback. They're not right. doing it three times in a row. So I think that we can rule out that just from a statistical standpoint. It's <laughs> probability. Seems, yeah. Yeah. From probability, it seems <clears throat> fucking impossible. And so I'm putting that out there. That being said, I do like the weapons that he has. I like Watson. I like Jaden Reed. I like that he has two, you know, reliable running backs. They just went out and spent two draft picks on two tight ends as well. Uh, the offensive line is healthy this year. So there is some things to like about him, but I get what you're saying. Is he good? Like, that's the question. Uh, he definitely played well versus, versus Philadelphia last year. And that was one of the toughest defenses that we saw in the league last year. And, yeah. and, and he, he, he pretty much carved him up down to the fourth quarter. That was the game that you were talking about. Yeah. And, and I think that overall, I think he has some outs. This is why I'm on the fence. Like I haven't, I, I don't think I'm going to be able to decide on Jordan Love until like week one. I find myself the, the, drafting him. The biggest him. data point, <clears throat> the biggest data point was that Andy Reid didn't know his fucking name. So once, <laughs> did you see that clip? Yeah. If you didn't, go go Google it. Andy Reid was asked about Jordan Love, and, and he had it was like he said who, and he was not messing around. He was like, uh, yeah, no, that, that kid's good or whatever. He didn't know. He didn't know. He didn't know who he was. <laughs> Did not know. He was like he was probably thinking about he was probably thinking about White House chicken fingers and you see you see that (laughs) today. Definitely thinking about his next meal for sure. (laughs) He's like Jordan Love. No, I'm hungry. Get out of here. Yeah, Uh, quarterbacks. (laughs) I never scout him. I got the best one in the world. I've got him locked up for ten years. We're good. We don't need. Yeah, Yeah, I don't need to know any quarterbacks. So never mind. He did not know who he was though. (laughs) That's hilarious. The awesome quarterback that I'm going to list off is probably going to have people a little angry, and I think they're going to say, "Why the hell would you sell him?" And that's Justin Fields. And good, good we, call. We look at what he did last year. All of the great all the damage that he did was on the ground. He had eleven hundred rushing yards last year. Eight, eight, eight rushing touchdowns. Right. So yeah. when you have he only threw for twenty two hundred passing yards. So he literally had half of half of the amount of rushing yards he did in passing yards. And so yeah. that is unsustainable from an NFL career. He's gonna have to take a massive step forward as a pass as a passer, and it's just not in his game. I mean, it was in college, but it's very evident, and he's not as comfortable in the NFL as he was in college. 
come out of college and he was throwing, he was one of the most accurate passers in college. You're talking about a 70% completion percentage in 2020, 67% in 2019, 69% in 2018. And then he jumps in the NFL and he just gets ruined by the bears. 58.9% in 2021 last year, took a step forward a little bit, 60.4%. But again, low yards per attempt, 6.9, 7.1, very reliant on the legs. I just don't like it. We look at the amount of pass attempts that we can expect this year in Chicago for me comes in at the bottom three in the league and pass attempts. So that means he's going to have to do it again with his legs. I know they went out and got DJ Moore, but I just don't think it's going to matter that much for him as a passer. I think it'll help, but they also yeah. went out and signed two bruising backs. They went out and got Roshan Johnson. They went out and got Dante Foreman. That tells me they want their quarterback to run less. And if his biggest strength right now is his legs and they're going out and adding big backs, that tells me they're going to use them between the tackles. They're going to use them as short yards. They're going to use them in the goal line and they're going to alleviate that off of Justin Fields plate in order for him to develop more as a passer. And to me, that's what's going to take away from his strengths and he's going to be being overdrafted now. And so yeah. when you can have somebody like, I, where's he at on, uh, on keep trade cut right now? He's, He's properly priced at quarterback eight, um, you know, after Lamar, Lawrence, Herbert, Burrow, Hurts, Allen, Mahomes, you know, and then it's him and, and Anthony Richardson, which is correct. I mean, you know, after the top sort of seven that are just like, you know, just there's no doubt, you know, uh, then you're just swinging upside and the swing upside is Justin Fields, Anthony Richardson. It makes all the sense. And then you got the group with the two rookies, Bryce Young, CJ Stroud and Deshaun Watson, Kyler, Dak and Tua. You know, the, the the market's pretty solid with these quarterbacks. I think it's down, you know, and I agree that Fields is the sell-up there. I would ask you, what about um, <clears throat> Kyler Murray as a buy, maybe, or Tua, or Dak? I mean, some of the, they're like 13, 14, 15. I, I think, you know, one of those guys is going to be maybe in the top 10 after next year. I don't know which one, but like, you know what I'm saying? Like, all three it's going to somehow... Or maybe maybe they won't, but may, I, don't you think there's going to be something that shakes it up there or something? Yeah, I think all three have the ability to be a top 10 quarterback. Uh, Kyler this year with the ACL and coming off, it's a real possibility that he plays very limited amount of games, if any games at all, depending yeah. upon what they look like when he is healthy enough to play. Dak, in my opinion, has every opportunity and chance to be a top 10 quarterback and, and, and probably will be a top 10 quarterback by the end yeah. of the year. And Tua, in my opinion... As long as he can stay healthy and not yes. get hit in the head, it, he's, in my opinion, a top seven quarterback if he right? can stay healthy. Um, yes. He's been taking jujitsu. Hopefully that helps out and he's able to soften the blows. But I think he overall. He's a cheesecake too, apparently. He looked big. Good. He'll, he'll bounce. That's, he won't hit the <laughs> ground as hard. No, I mean, um, but, you know, he, he, he really he has all the weapons. They're probably going to, I mean, maybe even by the time this comes out, the Dalvin sign there, whatever, you know. So, yeah, there's going to be, they're, they're committed to that offense. You know, A chain now adds even more speed. So, I think uh, Tua, Tua, you know, I drafted Dak over Tua, but, you know, Tua feels like younger version of Dak, but with the concussions, it's a little bit, it's a little bit scary. So. Would you rather have Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields in Dynasty? Dude, I, Trevor Lawrence. I absolutely love Trevor Lawrence. I mean, um, you know, I, I took him in, in this startup at, you know, pick seven or whatever it was. Yeah. I mean, I love him. And I, I've made the point that I think he's in the Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, tier um i i would take him behind those guys but he's crawling his way in, you know it, he's in that tier and he can climb over those bodies if he has a great season 
I mean, he's younger than both of them by quite a bit, by two years, I believe, on both. And, um, you know, I mean, if he has a great season this year and, and he's, he's comparable to them in terms of stats, then I think he sort of climbs over them in Dynasty because he's a sneaky rusher too. Uh, you know, every year um, Trevor Lawrence puts up three, 400 yards rushing. So, yeah, he had five touchdowns, I think, on the ground. I'm not looking right now. But, yeah, he's he's great. Man. I love Trevor. If you're, so, yeah, easily Trevor. If you're a field owner and you're like us, we like Trevor Lawrence more, especially in Dynasty. How many yeah. people take that trade straight up, Justin Fields for Trevor Lawrence? I, I don't know. I, I wonder sometimes if you send those trades. This is a little Dynasty game through. This is me. So if you send this trade straight up, people seldom take it. Like I just sent a running back for a running back straight up, and I, I guarantee the guy's going to decline it. Um, I got cold feet on uh, Najee over Ramondre, so I asked for the swap basically Najee for Ramondre, he's never going to say yes because it's too much. So then, but like same thing, Lawrence Fields, they're going to be like, oh, this guy's trying to get over on me. I'm not going to let him do it. So the other thing you can do is like throw some other shit in there that just seems Five like it's moving stuff around. And <laughs> <laughs> Just make him think, what's the fab, man? Five fab is fucking great. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like a couple seconds and like, you know, uh, you know, a couple of players that are like here and there and like nobody that matters so much, but like you throw Nico Collins in there and like, you know what I mean? Yeah. But you make him win the other stuff. Yeah. But it's all insignificant. Yeah. Cause you only want but the that's quarterback. That's how you like go, the guy goes. Yeah. Cause he'll go, I have these two guys even I'll take fields. I get this other shit and that's how you win it. Because if you just send it straight, they're like, nah, 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 Something fuck fishy. this guy. He wants this, but. You know what I yeah, mean? But I if he's you. like, well, he's willing to pay me profit to do this, fuck yeah, I'll take it. You know, and it's like, but it's not real profit. It's just, you know, fake profit. There was so a, a a dynasty player that I used to play with in my home leagues. And it's kind of, as one of my like mentors in, in fantasy football. And he was kind of a second dad for me. And so like when I started playing fantasy football in my teens, he was the one who kind of mentored me into football. And he was an outstanding fantasy football player. Like I remember when he, we won like, four years in a row in our home league, right? And and him and I had, were talking about this when he stopped playing fantasy football, and he told me one of his favorite trade secrets. He would never offer, the first trade he sent to someone, he would never offer for the player that he actually wanted. Right. Because he He'd never wanted somebody else. somebody else, and then they would always yeah. counter, and then by the time that he actually countered, then the player that he is actually interested in is now mixed in the equation. Because of what you said, they don't want you thinking, oh, he wants this player. I'm, he's going right. to pay up for him. And it was it was such a sneaky move. And every year I've, I've played by that and I've always done well with trades yeah. with that mentality. And it's it's kept the price down on players that I'm interested in. A hundred percent. Very, very smart. You know, you got to you got to have some empathy. You know, you got to think about the other guy and think about what he's thinking and you know, maybe look at his team, look at his record. What has he done? You know, if you start to get to know the people in your league, you start to, you know, feel them out. But that's basic human emotion that they're just going to be like, mm -mm, I'm not so sure about this guy. You know, skepticism is is universal. All right. Well, let's move on to the running back position. I can't wait to hear Ooh. your name. <clears throat> well, so I say all of them in some <laughs> ways. Right. So at the end of the day, like, you know, what running back should you not sell? I don't know his name. I don't know the name. And for that reason, I'm going to say B. John Robinson. This is not a player take this is a value take he's the only first round running back in uh super flex dynasty leagues i mean he is like pick right after trevor lawrence justin fields he's coming off the board with uh justin jefferson and jamar chase let me just tell you if i could get justin jefferson straight up for Bijan robinson that's what i'm talking about 
In other words, you have no shot of getting Justin Jefferson with any other running back in the, at all. Maybe they so need a player. you're not going to get, you know, right? You're, you're nowhere near. But with Bijan, you're in the talks. You've got an opportunity. So using that player as a chip to get something is a hell of a way to go. I mean, you get JT++. You know, you can get some stuff. You might be able to get a quarterback. You could probably use Bijan to get Trevor Lawrence or some or Lamar Jackson. So that's the reason. It's not a player take. Please, please believe me. He's my RB1. But if people are going to value him where they're valuing him, I'll ask you it this way too. Which RB1 overall over the last four years, maybe, I don't know, should you have not sold? <laughs> it's like, you know, they, they, CMC when he was RB1 is like, oh, you should have sold him. It was like, I should, you know, everybody's buying him. You know, JT has fallen. He was hurt. You know, there's like never been a guy who's like been like the RB1 and then paid off. That what was the threshold you said? How many years did you say? Four years or five years? Ah, four years. I was just making up. I was going I back in my head and like the only just, one I could think about was L, uh, like Ladanian Tomlinson and Adrian Peterson, but that's more than four years. Ladanian Tomlinson, I, you know, I've got something coming and, uh, you know, we're going to do some, uh, some content that's going to be really cool. And Ladanian Tomlinson's part of it. He was, <laughs> he, he's for the reason why third round reversal was created. <laughs> that's exactly right yeah dude it was unbelievable he, he year after year just unbelievable yeah i remember it, it was like it was like winning the sweepstakes when you when you got letting Tomlinson on your fantasy yes. football team when you got the one one yeah whoever got the first pick was like they're gonna get ladani lt blah 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 yeah, you know yeah, pretty much like having four, like five years in a row it's pretty much having above quarterback scoring at the running back position <laughs> yep absolutely insane so you know there it is Bijan, sell him Get rid of him. Get him off your roster. Bum. All right. I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about mine. Um, and this one this one pains me a little bit because I was actually pretty high on this back up until this year, and that is Travis Etienne. And I mm. I like the talent, love love the player coming out of college. It was unfortunate that he missed his rookie campaign, although it was Urban Liar, so it didn't really matter. Everyone missed that year pretty much. But he comes in last year has every opportunity in the world to earn a third down role, has every opportunity in the world to become a 250 carry back, doesn't seem to capitalize on the opportunity. Um, they come in now, they get Ridley, they add Ridley in the offense, they still have Evan Ingram, they have all these extra mouths to feed. They draft Hank Bigsby, who is another prolific pass catcher. And so I have some hesitation now with Travis Etienne and his future as a three down back in the NFL. I definitely think he's still going to be a key part of this offense. He's going to be the starting running back. He's going to be a third down back as well. But when he comes in and only sees 35 receptions last year, and then they add another receiving back, it makes me kind of just pause for a minute. And it makes me think, how much do they trust him in the passing game? They wouldn't go out and spend that pick if they fully trusted him in the passing game. They would have, they would have waited a little bit later in the draft. And, and so, again, love the offense. I think it's an ascending offense. Still like the player, but I'm going to cash on the value right now. Yeah, that's fair. I, you and I talked about uh, Travis Etienne on my show, and you know, I once I did my projections for Jacksonville, you know, actually, you know, felt a lot better because it's like, you know, they lose, um, you know, James Robinson. I think you know, uh, Bigsby can take over that role. Um, obviously, he can take off uh, over more as well, but. I don't know, man. I, I, I still think uh, Travis Etienne, I, I would actually maybe buy the dip, so I might buy him from you. Although I, I, I've i sold and bought, you know, mm-hmm. Etienne uh, because, you know, he, I've used him. I used him and Najee to get to Brees Hall plus. 
um, which I felt really good about. So I've done a few things with him and I don't know, I, I could buy and or sell him depending on, you know, where they're, where he's valued by whoever I'm doing business with, so to speak. Right. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Let's move on to the wide receiver position. What's your, what's your big sell wide receiver position? I, I you know, I think it's, it, it's, uh, it's man, I hate saying this, but it's probably Debo. Um, <clears throat> you know, I think Debo's a, a sell. I've got one that's a little bit like the Bijan one, though, you know, and I'm going to throw this curveball at you. What about Drake London? Oh, you know, his fine. value is sky high. Is it? <laughs> yes, Did I steal yours? That's yes, okay. You're good. Keep going. Let's do it. Keep, then. Let's, let's talk. Let's, it. let's fucking tag team this one. <laughs> Holy shit. Dude, I was like, you know, I, I was like, you know, uh, Debo is a clear sell in a lot of ways. And I, I still think there's some people who overvalue Debo. So, you know, probably a good time to get off. I think. You know, a lot of people are tethered to that season two years ago. And last year, like, oh, a little bit of an outlier, got hurt, whatever. Actually, the two years ago was an outlier. And everything else is sort of his baseline. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he's a great player. He's one of my favorite players in the league, period, point blank, on Debo Samuel. But, you know, fantasy points and, you know, his his rushing attempts are, are a bit scary, especially as he ages out. So, you know, I'm, I'm looking to get off him. I I got offered a 26 first straight up for uh, Debo. and. Of course, I declined. I mean, you should you should decline that, right? Yeah, I think you declined that. Yeah, it's like it's just too far. I mean, it's like what am I going to do for three years from now? I get to fucking play that guy. You know, it's like ah, you know. So, um, I don't know. You know, if I, I have a pretty good team, Debo could help me anyway. But Drake London, you know, I was thinking when when you asked, I was like, you know, I should probably come up with a with a higher ADP sell. And Drake London is the guy. And and for me, it's not a talent one. Although it's possible he's not as good as we think he is. He is a little. Um, you know, bigger, more lumbering. These guys can see a little bit more erratic production in the NFL and and can fade out a little bit quicker than than the than the smaller, quicker guys. You know, the the six foot two hundred guys like like uh, Justin Jefferson and Ceedee Lamb, players like that. Anyway, so and, and <clears throat> excuse me, when you and I did the pod where we talked about uh, your projections and my projections on this team, it's you know, if you give them one hundred and twenty five targets, you're giving them all the targets. Yeah, and that's what it breaks down to. It's just the simple math, right? And I've been yeah. I've been saying this. I'm gonna repeat this. I've been saying this all week because it needs to stick for people. Something has to give in Atlanta. Everybody yeah. can't be a success. You're not going to have Pitts be a thing. You're not going to have London be a thing. You're not going to have Bijan be a thing. Someone is going to be under underwhelm and disappoint. And it's or, gonna or Ritter's gonna blow up. <laughs> or Ritter, which I don't think is likely, but it, it could happen. Nobody's betting that bet. Yeah. Ritter MVP right now. Plus 10,000. Right? No, just... <laughs> oh, shit. I might bet that one. <laughs> yeah. It, I mean, it, a lot would have to go right in order for him to blow up. I just, it, yeah, for sure. He, we, he averaged in the games that he played last year, 28 and a half pass attempts a game. That breaks down to roughly like 470, 480 pass attempts for the year. It's just not enough volume for it to succeed. And in the immediate future, mm-hmm. Drake London is tied to him. Although if they are perform, you know, poor enough, they might be in the sweepstakes next year for a good quarterback. And then this could be a different conversation in 2024. But I think as of today, I agree with you fully that Drake London is going to be my sell, especially at the cost that he's going at right now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this one's this one's kind of uh, it writes itself. And it's, again, not a player take both the Bijan and the Drake London's are not a player taken. What you just said about the Drake London also applies to the B. John Robinson, where I, you know, he has to be like Nick Chubb plus in order to return value. 
right this year. And we talked about it. Like if, if you had to bet who's going to score more fantasy points this year, Nick Chubb or B. John Robinson, or ask it a different way, who's going to score more touchdowns, Nick Chubb or B. John Robinson, you'd be smart to pick Nick Chubb. It doesn't mean B. John can't get there. And he's, I think he's as good a, as good a player as there is. But, you know, when you talk about the value, uh, he's being valued like he's going to come into the league and be Justin Jefferson, you know, or JT or, you know, uh, CMC. And he's that type of player. But in that offense, it's going to happen on the ground more than it is in the air. And if it does happen in the air for Bijan, then it ain't going to happen for Pitts or London. One of those two is going to fail miserably because in order for him to get to that, you know, that, 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 that target rate, someone's going to have to, it's going to cost somebody. And so I'm not sure which one's going to suck this year, but someone there is going <laughs> to really be a letdown. It could be Kyle Pitts again because it's been kind of two years now. So, I, careful, Kyle Pitts. You might be next. Yeah, yeah. He actually is. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna use that as a T and go ahead and tee it up. And I'm gonna say my tight end for my cell is Kyle Pitts. And there it is. It, it's again. It's just everything we're talking about here. It's the numbers. It's the math. It's how the coaches refuse to use him in line as a as an actual tight end, and they continue to move him out wide as an X receiver. He's not creating the mismatches. And so Kyle Pitts to me especially with the addition of Bijan, especially with Drake London and the low passing attempts in this offense. I think that this is going to be the last year. If he underwhelms again, he is now burnt and he's going to drop significantly down boards in, in redraft in dynasty, you name it. People are going to move him because now we've had a consistent pattern where right now they're willing to give him the benefit of the doubt. They're, they're betting on the talent. He had an injury. Arthur Smith is his coach kind of bake it all in with all these excuses one more year and we have to start raising an eyebrow is he actually as good as we thought he was and that's where i'm at right right now with with pitts i love the athleticism but sometimes it just doesn't translate to the nfl it might be the coach himself it might be the system how they're using him everything we just mentioned i don't want to sit around and wait i'm going to take the top dollar that i can get for him now and i'm going to go out because you can sell Cal Pitts right now and get somebody like Friar Muth plus you can you can get Goddard and plus in some scenarios you can go out and even Look, get he's, he's a tight end he's the tight end one for many people so you can get you can get almost you can anyone get you Andrews want. or Kelsey yeah you can almost get anything you want exactly especially at the tight end position uh I did use uh Pitts in a trade I can't remember I I did very well I got Andrews and Mahomes or something and I used Pitts <laughs> as part of this right so I had Lamar Jackson. I ended up getting Andrews and Mahomes. I sent a quarterback. I don't remember who I sent. Doesn't really matter. You know, it's, it's you know dynasty game there. But sending Pitts, you know, he's a he's a big part. You know, so, wow, I'm getting Kyle Pitts. I, whoa, you know, it's I don't really know. I'm 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 getting some production on my team, and you know that that team hopefully can win it. You know, and but you, you know those are the types of trades I'm looking to make with Kyle Pitts, where he's part of a big deal that I'm going to go ahead and get some some big big stuff like you know top seven quarterback or Justin Jefferson, right? You can use him to go get yourself some stuff. Awesome. Who's your, who's your biggest sell tight end? I don't even know, man. I think I put mayor. I, I think mayor is like, man, oh man, what? Let me look here. This was ridiculous. Um, you know, he didn't go this high in our, in our draft, but I think on keep trade cut, he is, he's the tight end nine. Like I know rookie fever and all this, but that is just nonsense. You know, look, he's going to have to be really good to pay off tight end nine in a startup price point. You know, we just talked about a bunch of guys that we like, you know, behind that. Trey McBride, look, 
tight end nine for Mayer or Trey McBride at tight end 18. Golly, if I had Mayer and I could sell to get McBride plus, I like Mayer, but who knows? You know, these, you know, we, we just saw it with, we're just talking about pits right now, you know, so to spend high capital on rookies, I don't like doing it. So I just thought I'd point out that I'm, I'm a little skeptical of Mayer uh, and his ability athletically. He's not as big as we want him to be, and he's not as quick and fast as we want him to be. Feels like he might be a little bit of a squeeze at the NFL level. I may end up looking bad with that take, but I, you know, I just I'm open to the possibility. Look, I'm zero share, zero care so far with Michael Mayer. I've I've faded down. I've taken Kincaid a couple spots, but I've faded down to Laporta and um, uh, Musgrave um, in in most situations. Those are the two guys I'd rather walk away walk away with. Um, I think I like Laporta straight up over him anyway. I'd take him ahead. So, you know, a lot of times I can just, you know, fade down to Sam Laporta. So for me, it's Michael Mayer. Um, not really a super hate take, but definitely the heat is is a little bit too hot for me. I, I like that one. I I want to throw another name in the in in the ring for us to discuss. And I, I, I yeah. let me know if people are gonna come out and kill me in my sleep, but <laughs> Dalton Kincaid. I just sold Bijan. I just, <laughs> yeah. yeah, dude. Tight end six. <laughs> Dalton Kincaid, crazy jump the shark here. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's ahead of Dallas. Yeah, I sold Bijan. Crazy. Yeah. Uh, you can't get any worse than that. But yeah, I'm with you. Dalton Kincaid, you know, hey, check this out. I was on the clock in a tight end premium league and, and he, he fell to like the 111, 112 or something like that. And I had traded, or I had had the 112 because I won the league. No, I don't. I, I did have the 112, and, and so I sold that pick for 24 first straight up. So Kincaid for 24 first straight up in uh, in tight end premium, pretty 175 or something like that. It's a pretty substantial premium. He should have gone before then. So, but whatever, you know, whether it was the 112 or the 105, it doesn't really matter. I sold Dalton Kincaid because we knew he was going to be picked. The guy who was trading the pick knew it was Kincaid. So it's Kincaid. I knew he was there. He was the next person on the board. Kincaid for a 24 first, which side you prefer? Oh man. Random. 175 tight end premium. I probably go, I probably go Kincaid there, honestly. Just because yeah. it's it's a future play with Josh Allen and it's 175. If it was just one point PPR, I'm going with the I'm going with the pick 100 percent But the extra tight end premium, that's a that's an increase in typical tight end premium. That's a that's a 50% increase. Usually it's one point, what is it? It's usually one five for tight end premium. Yeah. So you're talking 175 is, is a pretty big boost. I have like, uh, if it makes you feel any better, I have Hawkinson, Andrews, and Joku in that league. So it's, oh, like, you didn't need him then. It's fine. Yeah. You know it's, what I mean? It's like, yeah. I was like, you know, so that's part of the reason I wasn't like tight and needy. And I was, yeah. it was sort of a bet against him. Like, look, if he doesn't succeed, I fucking win this trade big time. Yeah. Like, big time. I, I, I dodged the bullet. I shoved it to a 24 first. You know, I can tell that other owner to eat it. If he does succeed, well, he wins, I win. I still have a 24 well, Also, like, what does that early owner's roster look like? like? Right? That 2024 first? That's pretty good. It's it's probably going to be a later pick. It, okay. You know, you know, late, you know, it's not, it's not, it, it doesn't have a chance to be like Caleb or Marvin Harrison. He wouldn't have done that, you yeah. know? So, yeah. I mean, mid-late, probably late. Yeah, sometimes I disappoint. I had a team that looked freaking massive on paper last year, and then I lost every running back I possibly had, and I'm starting to like so like. And this is a deep league, like it's like I I'm having to go yes. out and like start Kyle Uzcheck at running back because that's how deep this league is, and I'm just hoping he falls in the end zone or catches one catch. Right. It was like- by, by the by the way, I was I had this sneaking uh, suspicion. What about this? You know, you mentioned Brock Purdy's going to be the starter there. 
you know, they haven't traded Trey Lance yet. What if Trey Lance is the Kyle Juszczyk, um, you know, replacement? <laughs> Too soon? Too soon. <laughs> Too soon? Trey Lance, the water boy. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> that, people are going to hate that one. So we we're threw, selling we Bijan. On, uh, we sold Pitts. Yeah. Trey Lance is now yep. the Kyle Juszczyk replacement. Man, <laughs> so good. So right? good. We just went from like, 6,000 subs to like 1,000 subs overnight. Everybody hates us now. <laughs> Actually, they love it. They do love this. They do love it. All right. I have a, I have a, I have a, uh, deep sleeper. We have a deep, 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 deep sleeper. And we're not talking, we're not talking about like Tommy Trembles and we're not talking about Brevin Jordans. We're talking deeper, like deeper, deeper, deeper. And it could be tight end, it could deep. be running back, it could be wide receiver. This is like nobody in their home league is thinking about these folks. Give me a name. I didn't know how deep you wanted to go. So I've got a few names. So I'm going to give them to you. Okay. Number one, everybody knows I'm leaving rookie drafts with Clayton Toon. Clayton Toon is a fourth or fifth round pick in Dynasty Superflex rookie drafts. So Clayton Toon could be a starter in, uh, in, in 2023. He could start week one for crying out loud. And any quarterback that could start is worth a pick in, uh, in Dynasty Superflex. He is a cheap one. Uh, the other one that's sneaky is Kyle Phillips. I just had to mention mm. he could actually be a starting slot receiver for an NFL team this year. Going to be. You can name the team. You get bonus points. But Tennessee Titans. Yeah, Tennessee Titans slot receiver. Uh, those for the people at home. I know you know, but uh, those listening at home. And then the other one, you know, the 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 drumbeat continues in Kansas City for Justin Ross. Don't forget that Justin Ross, when he was a freshman in college, he was the number one receiver. You know, he was the WR1 in his draft class. We were waiting for Justin Ross. Things didn't go well, but now he's paired up with, you know, Patrick Mahomes. So keep your eye on Justin Ross. Then I, th- I thought maybe it's a little bit deeper. So what about Justice Hill? Justice Hill went in the 29th round of, uh, of the startup that we're doing. Look, it's Gus Edwards, J.K. Dobbins, and Justice Hill. I don't know. They've both been hurt in the past. It's a run first team. There may be some more pass attempts. Justice Hill could be the pass catcher there. I don't know. Super, super deep. Throw Justice Hill on your in, on your roster and see what happens. And then this is the one you, you folks have been waiting for. I don't even know who this is. I don't know who it is, <laughs> but I know you should be rostering him. I don't know how to pronounce his name, so I'm going to mess it up. He went in the 40th round. He's gaining some steam. He is the number two tight end on his roster in the, in the depth chart right now behind Dalton Schultz. And his name is not Brevin Jordan. It's Tegan. I want you. I want to hear you say it. Say it. <laughs> Kitoriano. That was pretty good, actually. Kitoriano. Tegan Kitoriano. Hey, a good Italian guy. Billy Muzio says he's a good dude. So don't worry about it and get Kitoriano on your team. <laughs> that was actually pretty good, but I didn't think you were going to land that. Thank you. Like, I think I think you just cat you nine lives. You fell on your feet right there. You standing straight up with a bow. <laughs> Toriano, it uh, it flows off the tongue. Forget about it. <laughs> well, I'm going to keep this uh, this tight end discussion. You got to mention a tight end. I only came to the table with one, so now I feel underprepared. But yeah. the one I have is deep. I mean, people aren't even looking to draft him. He's actually listed as a wide receiver on some sites, and he's technically now a yes. tight end. And that is Elijah Higgins for the Miami Dolphins. He only has to beat out Durham Smythe at the position, which is, is going to happen, in my opinion. He's a converted wide receiver. Comes in. Six foot three, little undersized for a tight end, but still has speed. But gaining four, weight, gaining weight, 4.54, 40 yard dash. 
He has an 86 percentile speed score, 83rd percentile burst score. You got to think about what this offense does. This offense has speed. They're going to stretch the field. They're going to open up the field. That's going to give him opportunity across the middle of the field. Tyreek's going to create create mismatches. Waddle's going to create mismatches. A chain's going to create mismatches at the backfield. I like Elijah Higgins and what his potential success looks like inside the league as a tight end. I'm up to about 40% roster ship of yes. Elijah Higgins and growing. I absolutely love this call. Uh, I, I'm a big Elijah Higgins fan. And uh, so I am putting your money where my mouth, uh, my money where I'm put, I'm getting them. You're getting them. One of the two. It's happening. <laughs> well, Jax, uh, I have a surprise question for you. It wasn't on any Ooh. of our show sheets today. And I always like to ask, there's technically two questions. First okay. question is, what is the worst trade you've ever made in Dynasty? Everyone remembers it. I remember mine. I don't. I don't. I don't. Wow. <laughs> I, I'm, I have a short memory. I was a quarterback in high school. You know, if you throw a pick, you got to forget. Although I do remember the worst pick I ever threw. Pick six. Oh, my God. I do remember that. It hurts still to this day. I can still it's a swing pass to the backside. I, I didn't even look. I just thought it would be open. No. Anyway, uh, so I can remember that, but I can't remember the worst dynasty. I can remember the worst dynasty trade I ever made that got rejected. That was the one that, like, oh, I'll just never forget. Like, it was like Devontae Adams and Todd Gurley going one way, and I would have gotten Devontae Parker and, like, Jarek McKinnon and one first or something like that. This was, like, at the height of when – I mean, it was the worst trade I ever made, and it just got – it got declined. It, it, I was like, thank God. You know, I looked back, and I was like, oh, my God, I got totally bailed out. I, I remember the worst trade I ever made, and it was it was it was terrible. I mean, it was like disgustingly bad. I was I wasn't new at fantasy football, but I was inexperienced. It was in 2013. There was a rookie wide receiver who is still playing today and still dominating today. Do you know who that receiver is? DeAndre Hopkins. <laughs> it was DeAndre Hopkins. And there was a certain running back at the time who blew up, and I was in very big need of a running Thomas back. Thomas Rawls. No, you're close though. Zach Stacy. Oh, I was close. That <laughs> Thomas Rawls. Come on, give me some. That was conceivable. Yeah. And so I did a trade straight up, Zach Stacy for DeAndre Hopkins. And it was Hopkins rookie year. I made every excuse in my mind to trade him. I needed a running back. Stacy looked like he was going to be it for the future. That was pretty much I paid, I pretty much gave up DeAndre Hopkins and Dynasty for like three weeks of Zach Stacy. <laughs> brutal brutal yeah and, and deandre hopkins still awesome <laughs> the worst part about it that league is still going today and i uh, still need to does look the, does the owner still have him? the same owner still has oh. deandre hopkins brutal beat brutal it's like, beat it's like jesus christ i've had to stare at this guy for 10 years now <laughs> so good that's it's great. just it's just like the trade that never goes away, right? It's like that's I just fantastic. every year I want to look for Zach Stacy's name, just just know that what I don't what was no longer in existence. <laughs> I think I I think I picked Thomas Rawls in a startup, you know, early on. I was like, you know, I that yeah, that's when you learn to sort of fade the running back position a bit. Last question, surprise question. Okay. If you could give any dynasty player only one piece of advice, nothing else, what would it be? I've I've answered this question before. Don't tra like, especially if they're if they're brand new. It's like don't trade away your first round picks. It's like <laughs> just so you know, because everybody comes after the new guys' first round picks. So that's kind of like number one. But 
you know, to that end is especially early on, just don't seed value, um, you know, because it's hard to know exactly what that means. But if you have it in your mind, you'll at least start to think that way. And really, once you start to understand value better, then you can make some some purchases. I, you know, I, I, I think of it this way, like when you buy players, you have to pay. Like if I'm going to buy Justin Jefferson or Patrick Mahomes, I can't win on the value. I, I mean, I might by chance, but I can't try to like be like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to try and buy Mahomes and like kind of get sneak. No sneaking about it. You got to you got to make a strong offer so that the other guy's like, huh, maybe I want to sell Mahomes. Like you need to make them. They don't want to sell Mahomes. They don't want to sell Justin Jefferson. So whenever you're buying a player that's elite like that, sometimes you got to purchase. But in general, if you're always seeding value, your team is just diminishing right in front of you. I've seen some some really, really awful teams get really bad really quick. Um, you know, I saw one guy basically traded CeeDee Lamb for like Antonio Gibson mm-hmm. and then traded Antonio Gibson for Eno Benjamin the third. And so it ended up being like where CeeDee Lamb became Eno Benjamin third. You know what I mean? Like this is how you see value so quickly. Now this is an awful player who's an immediate orphan and whatever, <laughs> but you understand my point. You know, it's like, it's, you know, just control value. I can second that. I've seen some teams just yeah. get ugly, ugly fast in, in that yes. exact manner. And it's, yep. when you do the reverse engineer it, it's disgusting. It's like, next thing you know, they have no yep. picks and they have, 17 waiver wire additions on their team. And it's like, how the hell yeah. did that even happen? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's incomprehensible how it can happen, but that's because they were not given the advice. Don't seed value. Well, Jax, why don't you tell everybody where to find you, what you're working on, yeah. and um, just lay, lay the deets out there for them. Yeah, man. Uh, we are at theundroppables.com uh, on uh, Twitter, at theundroppables. I am at Dino Game Theory. Uh, my show is The Undrafted, uh, which is on, well, everywhere. It's soon to be. It already is, but it's just kind of waiting. It's like uh, turn through the turnstiles. It's going to be on the Player Profiler Network very, very soon here. So you'll be able to find me whether you like it or not. Yeah, there's actually big news. You're going to be getting an email from me. I might as well just announce it live. because It's going to, Go the, for it. it's going to the main feed next uh, on your next yeah. very show. You guys have done... Wonderful. Your your podcast is outstanding. Uh, thank you for having me on last week. I really enjoyed it. Um, I, it's been a reoccurring listen for me. I, I love what you guys do. I love the the game theory behind it. I love the 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 overall ambiance of the, the podcast, the intro Thanks. music, the everything about it is just beautifully crafted. And Thanks. that's what I look for in a podcast. It's it's welcoming, right? And it's it's it it's it, it it keeps me engaged during the entire conversation. And that's what I look for in podcasts. So, congratulations! You've done a hell of a job growing that. Podcast. Thanks, man. It's not easy to do. I, I I you know I thought it would be easy when I first started doing it. And then you then you do it, and you're like, oh, this is a little bit harder than I thought. So yeah, it it takes a lot of work, and uh, I appreciate you saying that. It's a big compliment coming from you. You know, I love what you guys do. You know, I don't want to start getting too sappy here. We're going to cry. I don't want <laughs> my makeup. I don't want my makeup to run, you know? Yeah. It's not waterproof mascara. It's, <laughs> it's not waterproof. <laughs> love you, man. No, thanks, man. I appreciate it. We're working real hard. And, uh, you know, hopefully we can keep this thing going. And, and uh, you know, if you're a new listener, or, you know, new to what what I do, what we do at the Undroppables, uh, we're happy partners with Player Profiler. And, you know, I'm a happy friend of, of Billy. And, and uh, yeah, it's been awesome just kind of you know, starting to intertwine what we're doing and, and, and partnering up with you guys. You guys have been great. So thanks. 
Well, everybody, that is the end of the first show in Dynasty Week on Player Profiler. I am your host, Billy Musio. You can find me at Twitter, at FF Musio. You can find Jax Falcone on Twitter, at Dino Game Theory. That's D-Y-N-O-G-A-M-E Theory, T-H-E-O-R-Y. Yes, I spelled that in my head. Thanks, everybody. Have a good night. We're out. Be sure to subscribe and activate those alerts so you get notified as soon as new videos drop. And be sure to check out playerprofiler.com. We have all the tools for you to dominate every type of fantasy league. We have a draft kit, Dynasty Deluxe, Data Analysis, DFS Dominator, and don't forget the player rankings to rule them all.